Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We are tackling another important leadership issue. So download the show notes and follow along if you can. My name is Amber Jordan. And as always, I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, aka Mo. How's it going today, Mo? Hey, Amber. Doing really well today. Uh, It's good to be here. I'm ready to talk about leadership. Well, I have a story for you. So I was in the drive-thru the other day. I was picking up lunch for the kids and you know, I have three teenagers at home, as you know. So I was just ordering a bunch of dollar value menu items. And I pull up to the window and the drive-thru attendant hands me my bag and you know, it's all folded up and taped up now because of COVID. And she hands it to me and says, thank you, have a nice day. And I paused for a minute because the bag seemed kind of small for the amount of items that I ordered. So I just said, is this my whole order? And she said, oh, I don't know. I think so. And I said, oh, okay. I just am wondering because I thought I ordered a lot of items and this seems kind of like a small bag. She's like, oh, it's not my job to count the items. And, And I thought, I said, well, is it somebody's job to count the items? (laughs) And she's like, hold on a second. So she walks away and she comes back to the window with another lady. And this lady's super nice. And she says, I'm sorry, is there something wrong with your order? And I said, no, not necessarily. I just, I I felt like I ordered a lot and I just kind of had this small bag. So I just asked so that I didn't drive away. Just, hey, is this my whole order? And she said it wasn't her job to count the items. And the lady's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she turns around, she grabs another bag, hands it to me, and I'm on my way. Well, I get home and the kids descend upon the items and we discover that I had actually all my items and now I have the items of the car that was behind me. So this one interaction resulted in one customer losing confidence. Well, probably two. I have no idea what that guy behind me was thinking. And plus a loss of product and revenue, all because nobody wanted to take responsibility. So last week we talked about responsibility briefly, but can you help us understand today why is responsibility so important for leaders? Yeah, for sure. In fact, what a great story to lead into my my first quote, um, because really that's what people are, are dealing with today is taking on responsibility and who really has that. Here, here's the quote. It's by a guy named Michael Corda, and he says this, success on any major scale requires you to accept responsibility. In the final analysis, the one quality that all successful people have is the ability to take on responsibility. And John Maxwell said it like this, a leader can give up anything except responsibility. And so Amber, good leaders never embrace the victim mentality. They recognize that they know who they are, both as a leader and an individual, and they take the responsibility on themselves. They don't put it on their parents, they don't put it on their spouses, they don't put it on their children, they don't put it on the government or their bosses or their coworkers. They face whatever life throws at them and they give it their best, knowing that they're gonna get an opportunity to lead. But people aren't going to follow somebody 
unless they know how to carry the ball. Well, as we heard in my opening story, that ability to carry the ball, that, that kind of mindset of it's up to me to carry the ball or, you know, that doesn't really come naturally for a lot of people. On the flip side, the victim mentality or playing the blame game or pointing a finger at somebody else, it's always somebody else's fault. Like that seems to come all too naturally. The good news is we can do something about it. But what are the characteristics of a leader who takes responsibility? Wow, and that's the question of the day, right? That's exactly what we're talking about. And so today we want to talk about characteristics of a leader who embraces responsibility. And the first one ever that we wanted to talk about today of characteristics of a leader who embraces responsibility is this. Leaders get it done, no matter what. You've heard me talk a lot about making it happen as a leader. Do you get things done for those in our audience out there? You can make excuses or you can make it happen. You can't do both. In fact, several studies have been done on on men and women who become millionaires, and they all have one thing in common, although they come from different walks of life. They all work hard. And I know that we always talk about working smarter and not harder, but let's think about it. How many of us couldn't benefit from working probably just a little bit harder? And so my question is this for people. What's one area of your life where you could probably put forth a little bit more effort? With all the craziness in life, all the responsibilities, everything that you have to do at work and at home and keeping up with your family, can you give just 10% more somewhere? You know, I'm in the military and we're told in the military very early on, I'm talking about like in the first month or two, when you're learning from other people who have successfully been in the military, you learn that you are your best career counselor. Nobody cares about your career as much as you. And I'm telling you, Amber, in life in general, that's totally true. And really, if you aren't going to care about your own career, why would anybody else? You know, we we teach people how to value us by how we value ourselves. And I think our work ethic speaks volumes about how much we value ourselves, our careers, and the teams that we're a part of or lead. So after a leader decides that he or she wants to put out the work and be a get it done kind of person, what's next? Wow. I mean, after you decide you really want to be a person who gets it done, The second characteristic of leaders who embrace responsibility is this. Leaders go above and beyond, plain and simple. I mean, don't we all feel good when we know that somebody's put in just a little bit extra effort for us? I mean, who doesn't like receiving a spontaneous gift or other little things in life? Like when you're out at a restaurant and somebody brings you that extra soda just when you're about to run out. I mean, that stuff feels like, wow, somebody just went above and beyond. That's pretty cool. And just on a personal level, we just are always looking for that little bit extra. And so uh, I really want to talk about uh, a funny story, Amber, that uh, I always think of on Black Friday. Now, we know that Thanksgiving now, Black Friday, because we're on the internet and all that kind of stuff, Black Friday kind of really starts on Monday of that week, right? And so in the old days, right, in the old days, we used to have to wait until Friday morning at 6 a.m. to get those great deals. And there was nobody better at getting great deals than my mom. Uh, 
In fact, her and one of her friends used to go religiously. I'm talking every year for years. I mean, at least 10 years. They would get up at like four in the morning and they would sit in line. They'd have like lawn chairs and stuff like that because they were going to be first in line. And if you remember the old Mervyn's commercial, it was one of the favorite uh, places of my mom to shop. <laughs> there was a great commercial where there were those two ladies out in front, right? And it was kind of a Black Friday um, kind of commercial. And it was like, are you ready for Black Friday like these ladies are? And it shows these two ladies literally just with their, their hands pressed against the glass at Mervyn's and it's closed and they're waiting and they're just saying, open, open, open. And I'm telling you, it's totally hilarious because that's kind of what we want to see. People that go above and beyond. Now, my mom totally went above and beyond. We always got the coolest Christmas presents. And I remember thinking, how the heck did she get that? And she always got it for like 80% off. And so <laughs> every year she would do that. And I remember, obviously, to this day, she just, she went, she, she gave that little bit extra. She went way beyond. And as leaders, Amber, we need to do that, right? Yeah. My kids, you know, I say, everyone leave me alone. Mom's on the internet shopping for you. <laughs> but, and for those of you who don't know what Mervyn's is, it came before Kohl's and it was a pretty fun place. But I think the bar has been lowered so much, especially in customer service, that we half expect our order to be wrong or somebody to be rude or it to be a hassle to return something. Now, just meeting the basic standard is a pleasant surprise, which is unfortunate, but that means it's that much easier to become an above and beyond leader in your industry. So let's bring it a little bit closer to our, our audience. What does it mean for a leader to go above and beyond? Well, the phrase above and beyond actually makes me think of another phrase, the phrase way beyond. And that was one of Kevin's favorite phrases to use. I mean, he was not known for using this phrase spar sparingly, meaning he used it all the time. But for him, it was a way to let somebody know that they were doing not just a good job, but a great job, that they were giving that little bit extra. And it always felt good to hear. I'm not going to lie. It didn't matter how many times he said it, right? I mean, it was like, wow, I, I'm, I'm going way beyond, <laughs> even though we probably weren't, right? So people that know me today have probably heard me use that same phrase. Amber, I know you've heard it a lot, and we all just kind of laugh at it, right? But it's the kind of phrase, it's kind of what, what I say, like a phrase of endearment in my leadership or my daily happenings. Leaders never use this phrase, though. That's not my job. That's the phrase, Amber, we never use. In fact, you mentioned in your opening story that exact phrase. You encountered somebody that pretty much said, that's not my job. And when people have that kind of attitude, check this out. It's probably really not their fault. It's the fault of the leader. It's your fault. If your people ever use that phrase and you've been kind of upset with them or, or, or peeved at them for saying, well, that's not my job. It's not their fault. That's your fault. Because as John Maxwell says, right, everything rises and falls on leadership. And we talk about that a lot. So can you break that quote down? Because at Rising Tide, we really believe in that statement by Maxwell. So what does that mean? He doesn't say some things rise and fall on leadership. He says everything rises and falls on leadership. 
And I get into some pretty spirited discussions with people who don't really believe um, with me in that, or in, or in effect, even some of the te- other teachings of Maxwell. And that's fine, but I feel really strongly that everything, Amber, I mean everything, does rise and fall on leadership. But, but back to my main point, leaders who go above and beyond are willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done. You mentioned in our last podcast about the greatest decade, also known as the 90s, right? (laughs) One of my favorite athletes growing up in the 90s was Michael Jordan. And if you ever get a chance to watch a great documentary out there, you've got some time to kill. It's a 10-part series, so it's long. But you need to watch the one about Michael Jordan and the Bulls. And it's entitled, or I'm sorry, it's titled The Last Dance. I mean, Amber, have, have you seen The Last Dance? Yeah, it was an incredible documentary. I didn't grow up watching basketball. I mean, all the boys, every boy in school had the jersey. But the documentary was just amazing. His commitment and his work ethic was incredible. And I mean, talk about somebody, Amber, who went above and beyond all the time, and he never, ever settled. In fact, uh, President Harry Truman once famously said, the buck stops here. And I would say that Michael Jordan really lived that out. He was that kind of leader. And throughout the documentary, all of his teammates said that sometimes he probably wasn't the most pleasant person or easiest person to get along with, but he always had the best interests of the team in mind. He wanted to win, and he wanted to win so bad that it was almost to a fault. But he did win, and he helped others around him win as well. And that's what leaders do. They lift others up. So my question for leaders, Amber, is this. How can you go above and beyond with your team? How can you be closer to all the good traits and characteristics of such a leader without having many of the flat sides that come along with that leadership as well? Because it's going to make a huge difference in the way that people view you and how they respond to your leadership. It really will. But Mo, what would you say to those out there that don't see themselves as maybe the star player or maybe they aren't the CEO or the top leader in their company, but they really want to be influential. They really want to model taking responsibility and being a get it done and above and beyond person. But how do they do that, especially if that isn't the culture of the company that they're in? Is it possible for them to really make a difference? What is some of your advice for them? It's definitely possible, and you actually kind of need to do that. In fact, we give out a lot of books, uh, book recommendations on our show, right? And here's one for you today. It's called Leading Up by a guy named Michael Yuseem. I read that book in the early 2000s, maybe even the late 90s. I can't remember exactly when it came out. And I still read it today because leading up is about just that. It's saying you're not number one in your company. You might be number two or number three or number 23, like Michael Jordan was number 23, right? But of course, we all we all know he was number one. Um, but, but it doesn't matter where you're at in your company, whether you're middle management, upper management, lower management, no management. It's your job to lead up and you can have that kind of influence and I'll tell you this, if you're out there and you decide to take a way beyond kind of attitude, you're going to make an influence not just on the people that are lateral to you or the people that are that that are looking up to you, but you're going to start seeing a big difference in the people that you that are supervisors to you. You're going to make a difference in their life and they're going to want to be around you more and they're going to want to see you do more because they're going to see the effectiveness that you bring to the team. 
And that actually in some ways is even more inspiring. People expect their boss to model these things. But when you have a coworker that's doing it all the, and you kind of know, hey, nobody else is doing this, but wow, they choose to be this kind of person. That's really inspiring. And that's the kind of leader that you want to be. And that's the kind of difference that you want to make regardless of what your position is. And that's a great segue into the last point for today, which is what? Amber, the third characteristic of leaders who embrace responsibility is this. Leaders shoot for excellence. Always. And I know what you're thinking. That sounds pretty cheesy, right? And it probably is. But people who want to be their very best, they need to demand excellence first from themselves and not from others. Now, notice I didn't say perfection. Because none of us is going to be perfected or be perfect or ever should expect to be perfect in our jobs or, or meet that kind of standard. But we can meet a standard. And that standard for leaders, Amber, is excellence. Responsible leaders always work hard. In fact, leaders work harder than their people. They have to. You have to be, t- you have to be willing to let people know you're willing to go the extra mile for them. Because you want to achieve your best so that the people in in your team or on your team can achieve their best. And then that's going to be incredible for not just them or you, but for the entire company. That's a really good point. And I know you and I have talked about that many times. And I'm reminded of a quote by Jim Rohn who said, stress comes from doing less than you can. It seems to me that there are a lot of people out there that are just trying to get by. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And I know people who spend more time trying to do the absolute minimum than if they just put the work in to do an incredible job. It's actually kind of funny. And there's one thing that I do know, and it's that leaders live by that standard of excellence. And if you start thinking about that, I want to live by a standard of excellence you're going to see some major changes in your life. And you've probably heard me say the word uh, excellence, right, Amber? Time and time again. But can you ever hear it too much? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there was a time I thought you might be auditioning for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. (laughs) Another great movie from the 90s, of course. Yes. Yeah. But it really, I mean, it is something that you have instilled in me that we always have an opportunity to either do something poorly or at least at the very least shoot for excellence. And Amber, leaders are the men and women in the room who set high quality as the goal. Always. It's always about high quality. When you do that, the responsibility is going to naturally follow that. And it's the leader who decides to live by the standard of excellence to reach that high quality is going to raise the bar for everybody else in the room. And of course, that was the dream and vision behind Rising Tide. A rising tide lifts all boats. For sure. And it's only natural that when we hold ourselves to that standard, then others are going to want to be a part of the journey. Notice I didn't say that you want to demand excellence from your people. It's demanding excellence from yourself first and foremost. And the natural outcome from that, holding yourself to a higher standard, is going to mean you're going to attract like-minded people. And when you can do that, 
you're on your way to creating a, a high-functioning and healthy team of people who accept responsibility for their actions, both individually and as a team. And that's the kind of leader that we want to be. And I know that's the kind of leaders that our listeners want to be because they're listening. Leaders that get it done, leaders that go above and beyond, and leaders who shoot for excellence. So before we go, Mo, any final thoughts for us today? Yeah, just a couple. First, when leaders accept responsibility for their actions completely, they put their team in the best position to win. And when you take away the angst of needing to perform for your team, you're going to free them up to do what they do best. And really, you're going to let them get the job done the way that they need to do it so that it is good for everybody. And second is this. By accepting total responsibility, you model the way for your people. And believe me when I say this, when you take responsibility, your team's going to start to do the same. And that means it's going to become part of your culture and you'll change culture that way. And Amber, that's when it gets exciting. Yeah, it really does. Well, everybody, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next week.